Stefan, okay. I appreciate you. I appreciate you coming on, sir. Um, absolute pleasure to to have you here. Um, I, I wanted to just start right here, though. At what age did you become interested in, in music? Um, I, it's really unconscious, but I think I was interested by one or two years old, I think. I don't know. Because basically my parents find a way to put me asleep quite easily by playing Vangelis and um, Pink Floyd. A lot of Pink Floyd. Great. Mostly, mostly that album that now I, I can't figure the name, but it's the 71, 72 soundtrack. Uh, it will get back. It will get back. It's just after Umaguma. Okay. I will have it. But this album, I listened to it back 12 years after when I was like 16 or something. And I knew it track by track, even though I haven't listened to it since I was one or two. So it felt really weird. Um, so I think my memories are really early. I became a huge skate punk fan at five, six, seven. I was like the offspring was there, you know, the Americana album, you know. <laughs> and I uh, really wanted to understand how the guitar is so violent. Like, I, for me, when I was a kid, the most interesting thing was like how a guitar can be like a monster. Like, how is it possible to to be like so disturbing or like uh, that was interesting. Yeah, I, mean... I, I wanted to start guitar at five, six. And uh, I was able to to start at nine, so the offspring will do it to you. That's the that that they're they're known to do that. I mean, I'm not ashamed of anything. No, <laughs> don't be. No <laughs> transitions. You need transitions in life. Right? Oh yeah, definitely. But yeah, that, I think I I was kind of lucky to understand what I was really what I wanted to do, and, and was simple. It was guitar. <laughs> And and guitar was the first uh, instrument you picked up, yeah? Yeah, I was constantly uh, talking to my parents. And I'm I'm born in Bulgaria, so it was... Uh, uh, I moved when I was six in uh, Geneva. So even before, I was constantly like, can I play guitar? Can I play guitar? And at some point, I think my father and my mother just was like, okay. <laughs> We're gonna buy you a guitar, and you can start playing. And I remember I was really happy because oh, I really wanted great. that for a long, long time. And uh, it took some years actually to happen. I think I've touched the guitar at five, and then I started at nine. But uh, wow, I was I... constantly playing a tennis racket guitar, like uh... <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just ready to, ready to do it um that's very very young to be to be interested in 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 playing a, a musical instrument five yeah i have no idea why <laughs> it's really kind of a uh, obsessive <laughs> were, you, were your parents musicians or no not at all i don't have i think in my family from my parents and my mother my mother and my father i don't think we we had music lovers and um, 
the context of growing up in Bulgaria, also for my parents, you know, was maybe not so easy to pursue a musical career or to have actually musical music as a hobby, which I am now lucky to be able to to do, and maybe hopefully have a job on it. But it, it's something that was not so normal for sure. for my parents. So so it's a. Uh, it's something that I kind of um, appreciate to be able to, yeah, to do it. Did they did they support you when you started to kind of be really interested within music? Yeah, extremely, and also because uh, in the main project I play, which is Leclerc, I'm I'm playing with my brother also, Yevor. He's the drummer, so it's kind of a family affair and. Um, and uh, we are lucky that our parents enjoy the music and are not like, what is this noise? And <laughs> what is this thing? They, 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 they enjoy what, what we do and they're the most supportive people we know. So it's a blessing. That's awesome. And we love them <laughs> a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, when, when did Leclerc begin? Hmm. Leclerc began in uh, 2014 and 15 as a, and we were set up in Geneva. We had a lot of bands in our teenage years that were playing something that was a bit in the era back in like 10 years ago or eight years ago. Like, I mean, some garage rock, some psychedelic rock, I mean, a bit of retro rock going on from all around the places. And Leclerc started because I was less busy with my bands and some other bands were more busy at this time. And um, was an idea of meeting with Sebastian, who is the keyboard player of Leclerc. And basically it was, let's make music together. We finished our college. So we spent some months in London to learn English and also to make a lot of make a lot of music actually and this is where it started between London and Geneva we were 18 19 and yeah we we wanted to make ambient music and it became a dance rock ensemble <laughs> kind of in a way sure. so it started f five six years ago wow as Did a it... joke also <laughs> Um, so, I mean, you, you guys were on the same page musically. You guys kind of wanted to do the same thing right from the, right from the beginning. Yeah, we were, but yeah, the first thing is funny, but with Sebastian, we wanted to make groovy music without drums, basically. So we worked a lot on putting a lot of keyboards and guitars and to try to bring rhythm without drums and uh, all this stuff, because also maybe because we were just two and kind of a <laughs> we had to find an idea basically but that was fun because some songs were already quite composed and then it was just easy to bring the rhythm on it because uh thinking a lot of the music and the colors and the arrangement actually made it cool for us then to just bring the rhythm and it put us on the right tracks to where we are going still now kind of 
And awesome. uh, that was really important to be able to focus mainly on one hour and a half on a chord progression and like finding the way. And we evolved into doing a lot of other stuff, but that was really where it all started as a... So we had Can as a main influence back there. And uh, we had all the 70s, black exploitation, jazz funk, uh, ambient music from all over the world that was that we were beginning to consume as a listeners through YouTube, through Spotify, to everything else. And for us, it just made sense to try to create our own sound out of all these informations that we were able to, to gather. Because old school people will tell you too much information is not good, but once you know how to treat it, it's perfect. I will never blame for having too much information. That's I think it's a it's not it's not true. It's completely not true. It's how you deal with it that is the most important thing, I think. Sure. So that was our mojo kind of good deal. <laughs> um did, and did you guys initially meet through school? Was that how you guys initially met? Yeah, we were all in college, basically, the the six of us at the beginning. And uh, with my brother, we met, you know, uh, back in the days. But uh, <laughs> everyone was, yeah, kind of in the same college. Then some went to start university a bit also, but not too much time. But yeah, we met through basically being friends, enjoying the same music, going to gigs, and uh, spending a lot of time talking about what we want to do also, and playing also a lot together. For yeah. example, with the bass with the bass player of Leclerc, we play together since ten years now, and we are twenty seven. So yeah, it's kind of like it started really early. Wow, for us. Yeah. When you guys initially first all got got together, was it? Did you know immediately that there was something there when you guys started jamming like that? Uh, <laughs> I mean, with Seb. When we started, it was like, wow, crazy. I think we both need that in terms of like music and inspiration. Then my brother joined, we were a trio. We played a first show and it was funny. I was singing and we were all super stressed. And I, I wouldn't put a penny on this project after the show, basically. <laughs> it, was like, <laughs> it was like, okay, we tried. But people were like, wow, this is super fresh. So we added some more. Ellie joined us, Alain joined us, Quentin joined us. We ended up being with also Albert, who was only playing cowbell. So first two years of Leclerc was like, yeah, seven people on stage trying to create a music that they don't really control and making Santana covers. <laughs> like was pretty wild. <laughs> and I think it's because of the audience that we really felt that something was growing because the response was pretty crazy for a local band. And like, we were all used to playing rock bands and now we were actually making people dance. And we were like, whoa, um, okay, that's great. That's what we want to do actually. And 
And because of this fact, we were lucky in Geneva, we had a golden period with a lot of good DJs that came that were DJing on vinyls and all. For us, it was easy, it was like, no, this party, this should be a band because this DJ is mixing a 100% analog track. This is not a, yeah, we can do that. Why you should pay a DJ too much money to do what a band should do. And that was a strong statement, kind of like also realizing that people need sometimes to enjoy themselves and get out of the, the chaos. <laughs> um when when you did make that transition to making people dance like you said before was that was that kind of uh odd for you i mean like, did it really kind of take take you take you back you're like whoa this is actually eliciting a different response than i've mm. seen before yeah it's it really felt like we were into something because that's kind of i think the music we all kind of dream of in a way because before getting into that garage rock psychedelic trend, every one of us had his guilty pleasures growing up and like, and we were all pretty sensitive to the electronic side of, of the music kind of, but we, I don't think we knew back then how to handle it. And I think it was through meeting people in Geneva, through traveling a bit to going to parties, dance parties. And we met a cool friend in Geneva that is one of our closest collaborator who is called Adrien, DJ Laxist. And we started to work also a bit with him. So we had his, also his view of how to produce a house track and like, it was mainly we were, we wanted to be as curious as possible and not doing the opposite where you don't let too much music going on and you're like, I need to do my stuff. We were more like, okay, just give it. Reggaeton, dancehall, everything you want, just give it. And we need to find a way to enjoy every music to be basically able to propose a music that is as much inclusive as we can, which is the goal that uh, everyone would be able to listen to Leclerc. Even if you were a digger, if you were just a casual listener, if you're a passionate listener, but you've never made music, I don't know, there's a lot of options. But we didn't sure. want to get lost in, in the niche. We wanted to, if you want, if we wanted to talk to Dua Lipa fans. I don't know, I want, to, I want them to understand that actually it's not that far away yeah it's it's all it's all connected mm -hmm. and um that's also that was kind of going on with the dancing thing realizing that actually there's something and when you go to dance party no one sings i mean it's only instrumental tracks most of the time also i mean yeah. you have the crazy vocals like ah, yeah, all this stuff but uh, it's not a paul mccartney template <laughs> <laughs> that's <Sorry>. true <laughs> yeah so yeah that was interesting to see all this stuff realizing mm -hmm. um helped us go out of rock and roll music in a way it's <laughs> good uh in those earlier days that it was you your brother and um um 
and just and just kind of kind of building it up were, were you always playing guitar and synthesizer even back then even in the earliest stages no i was mostly playing guitar i've been mostly playing guitars crazy but as we are everyone is composing we need to be we need to have a sensitivity with every other instrument so uh, in Leclerc, most of the members can play a bit of everything, which is great because you can also push someone if he's a bit lost in his own instrument or you can try to help. And like, I've been given good advices from, from my friends in Leclerc sometimes when I was blocked in my guitars and they were like, no, this is good. You should go on. And like knowing being in a band when everyone kind of knows the main instruments we're going to use and knows how to play them was actually easy so no it's, yeah it's part of being curious part of like okay i like drums I should just know how to play this beat and check 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 and everyone had the same mentality so yeah That's work awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, in the in the first couple of shows when it was uh, uh, it, it became what it what it was it's a, a six piece uh, how how was that like the the first kind of couple of times getting everybody together to to play a show uh, was a lot of fun <laughs> I still remember the excitement of being like okay we're doing this and was a lot of mess actually it was a Lake Lair show was pretty wild like. Uh was even more jamming and uh, going all over the places. So we played really local stuff, like not too many people at the shows, but there was something building in Geneva. And um, for me, it's mainly like uh, loving memories. I don't know, like super smooth, like um, everything was just a joke and, and a dream. <laughs> so. I feel also almost sad to talk about it. <laughs> Things have changed, man. <laughs> um, Let's say how... it was really naive. It was really naive. That's the word, the best word. It was really naive. Really naive. Looking back on it now, do you appreciate that that's how you viewed it and everybody else viewed it? It was just super, just non-serious? Non mm -hmm. uh, for me, it was, it, that's how I wanted to live actually and make art is like I love to take a step out of the room and uh, see things with a funnier aspect. Not I take think, it too uh, seriously, right? Yeah, and the musical thing has become such a self-eating business where, uh, like. <laughs> Yeah, you need to represent the perfect model and you need to, to like, uh, uh, I hate that. I, I mean, it shouldn't be that serious. Your music should be serious, but who you are is like, I mean, don't do really stupid stuff. And like, uh, okay, like, should always behave with respect and, and loveliness and caring about anyone. That's just how we've been raised. There's no problem at all, but... It's dangerous to take yourself too seriously, I think, in music and everything. Absolutely, yeah. 
we love that and we don't like to 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 moralize people through lyrics and you know all this stuff it's like that's why we believe in this instrumental music is everyone can also interpret them themselves we are not giving you all the tools you need to maybe some songs of leclerc are super politic or like super breakup songs but who knows you know right right it is important um did you did you have an idea that you wanted it to be a six piece when in the in the earlier days like we need to expand this out to to be a bigger group yeah yeah i only like bands and i only like to see music where i see communication between peoples and this is what we fight for uh there are some great solo acts there are some great duo acts i'm not saying it's something bad but i think it's a easy way that the music industry is taking a lot because you pay less for one two people and bands are becoming more and more small unless they break through and then you can okay i want musicians that's great right, right. But that's not our philosophy at all. And uh, most of the time we're seeing duo and solo, we were like, okay, why you sh there should be a drummer? This is just easy. Why he's not playing those keyboards? I mean, for us, it has to be really justified that you play a karaoke set or not kind of like. And some duos are super amazing, but because they're expert in what they do and, and some duos are, lo-fi music and that's that's great and and that's where it goes and you don't need to judge more but that was a strong statement to be more and more is because that sort of music is dying unless you make it and you're able to so if we're lucky enough to have friends and fight for the same cause i think we need to be even more <laughs> But for the moment, it's not possible. We're a five-piece now. And, uh, and uh, it's see, not even, easy. Even you, you're cutting yeah. back. Yeah. Yeah, it's not, it's not easy. But now we're a five-piece that is complementary in every way. And uh, it's, there is room for collaborations. There are room for other instruments to jump in with us and all. But this is a strong statement it's, we need to be a lot of people on stage because i certainly be, uh, really sincerely believe that it will make a difference even though the audience they sometimes people think that they just take whatever is in front of them but if you propose them quality at first i think they they sure know how it is and what they feel that's also a strong thing is we don't take the audience for idiots like the music industry sometimes kind of tends sure. to do like yeah we 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 don't we take really seriously the audience and i think that that's a big mistake since a lot of time actually to don't push the audience but that's what our society do anyway <laughs> they don't really make you think so i'm not surprised but yeah, you need to make the make your audience things because they're intelligent intelligent human beings, and that's right. important. Right, yeah. absolutely. 
Um, <clears throat> when did you start to feel that Leclerc started to gain some traction within like the band itself? Like, all right, we're actually we're we're, we're moving. We're 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 we're, get, we're getting some popularity and whatnot. Um. Basically, some first signs were when we were playing all in Geneva, in Lausanne. Sometimes we would open for bands like we opened for White Fans, like in 2012. And I do remember that Tim Presley was directly after the sound check. He was like, whoa, shit, this sounds like future days of Can. You guys are insane. And we just made a shitty five minute sound check and we were all like 18 or 17. <laughs> and I was like, well, thank you. Yeah, we like Can, and uh, we certainly love your music, and uh, that's great. You know, that's a good compliment to get from him. Yeah, that was. Yeah, and we, 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 we. As I said, we were naive and making everything as a joke. So people were actually being super serious and being like, "Wow, you guys are really grooving. What's going on here?" And we were like. Well, maybe there's something, but you never know because <laughs> you're in Geneva. <laughs> it's not a common story that bands from Geneva actually have a kind of a story to tell. So more and more compliments or like people who are actually that you like are telling you that it's good what you do were initial signs of us believing it more. And I think once we recorded the, the Cruise Control EP with the Rainbow, which was only supposed to be demos for us to find gigs, but we kind of made it as an EP. And then it traveled a bit, really a bit in the niche. But people from Amsterdam were like, wow, this is good. This is. And then basically we recorded Polymood with Jasper Heluk from uh, who is recording with Altingun and everything. Mm -hmm. He basically really loved the first EP and he was like, guys, I want to make a full analog album. My first experience with you. You guys should come in Harlem. So we just came in Harlem in the Netherlands. We recorded on an eight track without knowing too much of it. Uh, we ended up being super limited, like, wow, there's a shaker here. We need another keys, but we can't use any computer. Where should we put the keys in the mix? And we were making themes every night, like, how can we record that song with only eight tracks, being a six-piece band? <laughs> and all that stuff, like, we, we had all these ideas and a strong experience with him. And the album got released in Brooklyn by Beyond Beyond is Beyond. And I think that kind of set it up for us. Then it was easy to get an agent because we were in a kind of lit little known indie label. So the agency was easy to find a European booker and, and the response was actually good for Polymood for an album that was released super low key, no promotion at all. They were really not, they didn't want to risk anything with that album. And they found out that actually was not bad. <laughs> that kind of, I suppose that set it up for us, believing more and more. And then we released all the LPs and till last year, kind of. That sure. For us, set it up. Having that experience 
having a, someone like Jasper that we respect and love a lot and being like, you guys should stay in this business because your music is amazing was really a blessing for us. Like, we're like, wow, oh, maybe, <laughs> maybe <laughs> try more. <laughs> so, yeah. Sometimes I'm also kind of happy that, you know, uh, I know it's it's easy to say that once you never got it, but we never really got a strong buzz in any of the albums we released. So for the moment, we're able to do what we like and what we want and no restrictions at all. And uh, we are not committed to a success or anything. So it's an interesting but a really difficult path though pretty difficult path it seems it seems like it absolutely yeah. um we kind of touched on this a little bit earlier that i mean obviously there's a bunch of different kind of sounds that are happening especially live and in the you you get, you get a bunch of different moving parts and you have to fit in there as well is it difficult for you to sometimes find where you're supposed to be within a a sound or a song live as a guitar player, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's starting to get even more complicated, more and more complicated for me to fit some guitars on this, <laughs> on this songs. But um, it's really interesting because my my way of playing guitar has never been playing chords or like classic pop rock stuff. Um, I've always wanted to be as free as I can as a guitar player. So I'm finding my way. I have some ideas, but it's really painful when you have that idea that can be killer in a dance music, but it just doesn't happen. Just doesn't happen. And that's, and it can happen in another groove that is really similar, but you don't know why this just doesn't happen. And I found it kind of um, hard because I also want to stick to a roots guitar sound. I don't want to get too flashy with 25 pedals talking to each other with Instagram. I don't know what. <laughs> I like my pedals to be like, I like it to be rough and um, human. So Sometimes you're like, this is, yeah, this is too retro, but also some, uh, some, some guitar sounds are like, wow, this is like a Windows 2023 intro or something. Like the sound is so huge. It makes me interested also, but there's definitely a range of progress where the guitar needs to get incorporated even more Maybe it's a MIDI thing, you know, this MIDI plugins and all this funny stuff, but I don't know, it's a working prog progress, but it's, is it true that it's not the easiest thing to blend into this? That's maybe why I also tended to do more pads and more stuff that I like because I play mostly keys at home when I write ideas down. Mm -hmm. And uh, I wanted, uh, we wanted a more electronic sound. So yeah, it's like, 
but that's why I've also we tried to make more ballads in the Confusion album, like acoustic guitar and like arpeggios and more stuff that are close to what we love a lot, which is prog rock from the 70s, like all this beautiful ballads from King Crimson, from unknown German bands and everything that uh, we're really sensible. So you find a way, basically, by fusioning everything, you always find a way to make it there. <laughs> I would never thought that we were making fusion, but I think we're actually making fusion. <laughs> what, what is I, the? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what is the, uh, the the best part of playing live for you? What what's the part that you enjoy the most? Hmm. I think funnily enough, more and more it has become also kind of the connection between the audience. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of struggling between how I should behave. Like, should you, should you be a super big hype man? Kind of like, let's go. Or you should be low key watching your socks or I don't know what. So it's like, and I'm kind of introverted also, not being like, I, I like jokes, I like everything, but I, I get super stressed in public. That was really hard for me at the beginning with Leclerc also, like I was super stressed. My heart was like killing me. And I was like, this is too personal for me to go out. And it kind of stopped like this. So I'm enjoying it more and more. And that I think is really cool because it can actually make a song even better live. It's like once the audience see through your eyes and like there's a smiles and stuff and they get even more excited. And but there's a way when you for me you don't need to act douchey. Like what we don't really like is making people clap or making them sit and then making them like, like uh, not super I don't think we're super confident with that kind of moves but for a personal side I, I i enjoy more and more actually connecting with people in the audience but then the what i adore is sometimes i'm not playing in the live show i'm, I'm just there i'm jumping around and everyone is so tight and i'm like wow great super i can just close my eyes and the band is gonna be like crushing it and, and and going for it and that's kind of great to be able to listen to each other because you need to work on that and that i'm really happy is i can enjoy everyone's playing during a live show and that's really satisfying like i can i can see if ellie on the bass will improvise a bit if sebastian comes up with another thing my brother on the drums can make a crazy feel that he has never done. And sometimes it's cool to, to step back and listen to what you do, what your band does, what the band is doing. And um, that's maybe the position I enjoy being the guitarist of Leclerc because not all the structure are based on the guitar. So it leaves a bit of freedom to jump around, make the dynamics where you need to push them. That I enjoy a lot. Uh, being just a part of something and um, without a leader in the band because the drums can be the leader, the, 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 the bass can be the leader. Everything needs to change, switch. And that's pretty interesting. <laughs>
I feel. Sure, it's 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 always moving. It's always the ball's mm-hmm. always being passed between somebody. Yeah, yeah, it's like okay, let's see what you can do. Kind of like, <laughs> so it's fun. How do you how do you feel when you're when you when you're done with a show? What's what what what's, what's your thought process like once you, once you step wow. off the stage? Mm, super exhausted because we give a lot of it. <laughs> so once you're like, whoa, and then super big buzz because the shows are going super fun. So everyone is like, wow, <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> everyone was jumping and uh, got a response. But uh, it's 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 uh, pretty... It's pretty tiring, a uh, live show of Leclerc. It's like uh, the the per- Alain on the percussions and uh, Yevor on the drums. They basically travel with uh, three outfits or two outfits. One before the show, and then they have to change after the show because uh, too much, too much uh, sweat. Sweating, yeah. you know. So yeah. The, the more and more after the shows, we we're like, wow, that was really tiring, and. Um, It feels great because you, yeah, you don't play only backing tracks or anything. You're like going for it, like a King Gizzard stuff where I was watching the King Gizzard and it's like, is it a fitness thing? Is it a, like, <laughs> it looks more like sport than music at some point, like for joking, but you're like, yeah, wow. <laughs> you have sure. to be physically pretty ready to do that. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah it's it's not a easy task. No, no. So we like to push that thing. It's good. And I'm a really sport ma- guy, kind of like I used to compete tennis when I was young, and I I, lo- I know what it is—a friendly, competitive spirit. Not saying a bad competitive spirit, but I know what it is to push each other for the good. And sometimes you need a bit of right. There's right. there has to be something to get at the end. Like it can be just. Uh, Oh, you're cool, yeah. <laughs> no, it, it, yeah, it needs to be something that you need to 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 reach for as a friendly in a friendly context. And, uh, yeah, moving towards something. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and we like to see each other as a football team, soccer team, football team, soccer mm-hmm. team. Let's say <laughs> we are more soccer here. We love to see it as a soccer team. Like, okay, your goalkeeper, defender is the percussionist. Left wing is guitar, synth, and we're a team. And uh, we need to, yeah, score goals. I don't know what is scoring goals in music, but it's being all together for the same thing. And yeah, right, right. We like we like this uh, funny analogies. We're not uh, really good at soccer as well, but uh, we try. No, it's tennis. I know. I I I know that's yeah. <laughs> obviously you know <laughs> we had a guy that was not bad <laughs> um i I've, I've read that um Le- Le- leclerc was uh described as being cosmic i've i've seen that a lot cosmic that that word what does that mean to you um really interesting question For me, it's cosmic is 
what I felt when I was listening to uh, Ashra, to to Khan, uh, as the, as a big example, I know there's the sun raffing, the space jazz, and everything, but the, the, where it really got me was listening to 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 the moods that were able to create uh, Tangerine Dream, Ashra Tempo, Cluster, Can, and basically traveling while while listening. without having for me a point of to rely on something. I wouldn't say that the strokes are cosmic, for example. Mm -hmm. Sure. Because it's, it's really great, but... Uh, it's just not that. It's something the, the, else. Yeah, like, uh, right. I can wake up at every moment because the, 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 the drum is going to be there and like uh, the colors... The improvisation for me, cosmic also comes from improvisation and instinct, kind of. I know it's a word that is used a lot, but uh, space, blah, 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 but for me, you create new spaces when you improvise, new places for your mind. And that's kind of cosmic when a song that you know that you've created goes to another direction and it brings the audience with you. That's for me the cheesy cosmic <laughs> maybe definition of it but yeah you you need to create your own spaces and your your new your new spaces out of music and that's maybe cosmic when uh, it really leaves you um homesick maybe or like yeah like it leaves you with a feeling whatever it is it's yeah. substantial to, to what whoever is listening to it but yeah it, it leaves you with something it leaves you something and it makes me lost also because cosmos in the cosmos in the cosmic things is so huge. Mm -hmm. When you listen to a whole Ashra Temple album, sometimes you're like, where I am? Where? Wow. What did happen? And then this kind of stuff was like, okay, Steve Reich, Terry Riley, uh, Stockenhausen, I see where the Germans got their stuff and everything. And then you go back to sunrise and all this stuff and, and what a, yeah and everything is connected <laughs> everything is connected and that i think is really passionate because once you understand that in music you you basically i think you can enjoy your own path everything is connected and we live day by day with that kind of so yeah cosmic you, you need to be lost you need to be traveling you need to create new spaces the instrument needs to improvise and the bands needs to be a spaceship <laughs> if everyone is there the spaceship is flowing so yeah i think that's how i would try to describe it <laughs> yeah i like it um what was recording that first ep like for you uh for leclerc was the first time we were actually hearing ourselves We've never recorded anything on, on except of bad MP3 uh, phone recordings. So at first it was really like, oof, uh, okay. It just sounds like a funk band. 
I remember that we spent a lot of time producing that EP by destroying it, by putting a lot of effects to make it retro-futuristic. And uh, that Co was- Cosmic that was actually, in a yeah. sense, yeah? Yeah, in, in a way that, okay, it's the, the roots are funk and the roots is where you know they are. It's Marvin Gaye, it's, it's Curtis Mayfield, it's Fela Kuti, it's uh, psychedelic rock from the Cannes, yes, uh, King Crimson. But what's next, basically? And we found on the first EP that uh, recording it the, the roots way, but then being able to produce it with the computers, with the plugins, and like putting the drums backyards when you're making a pure Marvin Gaye jam, but you decided to reverse the drums was like, that's cool. Let's put an arpeggiator on this also. Daft Punk arpeggiator, why not? And, and um, also because we've grown up with the evolution of those, like logic and everything. Basically at 12 years old, 13 years old, you're with an iPad garage band and you can put your effects on it. So you're really, we were kind of directly aware of what a track, how you can, dress a track so it became something more and uh that was really good because we were able to try with this ep and actually it didn't work out that bad so what was really funny is the approach we took for polymood which was super retro like nothing was with a computer polymood there is no computer at all since the beginning till the end wow so if you wanted to delete something, if you wanted to reverse something, it's either you do it, either you start cutting those tapes and everything. Splicing them and whatnot. Yeah. So it's all another. Exactly. Yeah. But we didn't have time for that, basically. <laughs> so we ended up producing a straight retro record, but we, we called it Polymood because there was many genre on it. And that's where we were happy because that's for us the modern the modernity was it's i don't think a 70s jazz album would have had as much genres as we tried to put on it so at first leclerc was trying to find the modernity through learning the history of music kind of and proposing albums that are more diverse and I think it, it led us to confusions. The one we released where we were sick and tired of people telling us that we were a 70s sounding band, which was, it's becoming an insult for me. And I don't think it's interesting at all. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't understand it also, but I understand it because I read this amazing book, Retromania. I don't remember the author now, but it kind of made a buzz back in mm -hmm. the days. And I read it in the COVID, pure pandemic. And I realized that we were losing time with Leclerc, not making modern music. I, I, I was completely shocked by when I, I read this book and I was like, wow, that's, there's, it, 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 what we do is useless if we try to be like back in the days. 
but it's fun because nowadays bands who basically do the same thing as back in the days are, are working great and it's because in this book it's really well written how the rich mania is too big for no one can handle it basically you're like and it happens to me now i'm a huge fan of the new california soul scene the sacred souls the sinceres the oh, albums yeah. great fans. i'm a huge great fan yeah. i'm a huge fan i'm a huge fan fantastic stuff it's, it's amazing it's amazing it's not going too forward but it's amazing so I get it how hard it is to go out of what you know. Yeah. It is. And, it is and, I, and I tend to, yeah. Yeah. This made us respect a lot bands like Daft Punk, bands like Affix Twin, that were actually taking something, pushing it further. further. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Really inspirational. Yeah. How did the rest of the members take it when you? kind of broke that news to them of that you read like oh we're not uh really progressing in this <laughs> uh we're constantly talking about music so that thing was in your mind for a long time and um it's true that once i read the book i was every day kind of harassing like uh, no this is too retro no no i don't like this I hate that. in a way it's as far as the others have been influential to me by showing me music, I think that has been the process all the time. Everyone was able to share uh, without shame what you like. And it made us become Freddie Gibbs fans <laughs> and um, vocal jazz uh, and uh, everything. And, uh, can and Freddie Gibbs fans basically being able to jump between everything and finding that connection between all the genres was what we worked as a whole no one could have done this alone going back to <clears throat> kind of the and, and correct me if I'm wrong here the the is it was this the first full length was the uh, the confusions is that correct the first full length was a uh, polymood, the blue oh, okay. one. Okay, okay, gotcha. I'm wrong. You could have just told me I was wrong. You could have just told me to to fuck right off. You're that. wrong. <laughs> yeah, thank you. That's what I'm looking yeah. for. <laughs> polymood, Staropoda, mm -hmm. and uh, Confusions are albums that the three albums we released and I and had the two EPs. all wrong. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, and the two EPs are. Cruise Control the first, and then we released that EP Noshta, mm -hmm. with which had the track Dallas that was kind of popular, I suppose. <laughs> right, right. So that's the path. <laughs> um, with with confusions, uh, that the, and that was the most recent one uh, in November of last year, right? Yeah. Oh, so we, I mean, we're looking exactly. at a year right now, right? It's been it's been a year since it's been out. Kind of. Yeah, 21 of November, kind of, it went out. Wow. Massive failure. <laughs> um, and that was that was recorded in, in four sessions over the span of nine months. Do I, do I have that correct? Yep. Wow. That's really correct. Wow. How First did... time we do that. 
yeah how did how, how did that kind of kind of come about there what, what when did you i mean because obviously it was the it was a pandemic that was mm-hmm. that was the issue there right yeah yeah pandemic and uh usually we've recorded maximum three or four days in a studio polymood was recorded and mixed in five days cruise control is one day Sauropoda is maybe four days and Noshta is two days. Wow. So it was like, guys, let's take the time, <laughs> basically. Because we can make those records quickly, but we need to take the time to, to make them maybe better. And um, that's why we, we wanted to try stuff. We failed. Some songs were not good enough. Some songs we didn't even manage to finish them, and I think that was a nice uh, um, slap, kind of like a nice call. Like uh, you can't just succeed at making music. Like you fail at some point with the compositions that you think you own. It's not gonna happen, and uh, that was kind of inspirational to to fail, and uh, it also made us work more and basically we did three or four songs per session so and some sessions were mostly made to save songs that were <laughs> and, and and also getting the focus of everyone during pandemic was also hard because you're six five people and 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 the pandemic was harder for some sometimes they were enjoying it so the, the the spirit the energy was not like okay the world is booming so it took time for everyone to 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 jump into the sheep and we were lucky also that Benoit our for the, the the our friend who is a live sound engineer for us and with whom we recorded the last three releases was also going for it so staying late in the studio tracking until one or two in the morning uh that was a friend's adventure and um we were glad to try it because now we know basically what we want Uh, now that we had so much time to do something and we were able to also do stuff with less time i think it's perfect for us to we also know that we want to, for Confusions, no one of these songs were actually played live before, maybe one or two, once or twice wow. because of the pandemic. So now we write songs and we play them live and they're getting tighter and tighter. So the day we're going to go into the studio again, that song is going to be super tight and it's going to have the perfect tempo and everything. And, and and I believe also in this retro way of seeing things where back in the days, bands were so good. They were playing nine months before and then you go to the studio, you, you track the songs, the rhythm section is on top and the song is grooving. So I'm kind of excited that we go back also to that stuff where we try out some songs before going to the studio. And that's what we did the whole last month in the US basically. Where we that always awesome. ended up with a yeah we ended up with a brand new song all the stats and it worked better and than the others so we were like 
good sign. Let's see. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I mean, so, so you're kind of um, riding up on stage in in some of a sense when you're playing those new songs. You're kind of seeing exactly what people are responding to. I mean, it, and yeah. in in real time. Yeah, yeah. Because sometimes you're like, okay, that part should be maybe more because of the fact we jam and stuff. So sometimes you don't expect this part to be the one you need to focus. So it's good to be able to try it out as DJs are trying out productions and stuff, basically. Sure. And and uh, as we know, you, you know, love more the DJs. In... You love DJs. Those are your favorite kind of ah, guys. Yeah. yeah. No, you, you don't <laughs> like seeing... <laughs> They're the best. That's the only thing you listen to and go see when you're out and about. Yeah, we, we all know that. Yeah. <laughs> I love DJs, though. I love DJs. I love selector. I love musicians. I love people who do it with their heart, basically. Mm -hmm. right. I don't like seeing our world getting corrupted by uh, influencers or <laughs> rich kids, <laughs> artists, or all this stuff like that. Sure. Because you feel them. For me, uh, uh, there's there are some really crazy DJs out there. They're not the ones that you hear, basically. But yeah, like DJ Khaled, he's pretty crazy. I don't know if you've DJ heard of Khaled him. is crazy. <laughs> you know what? I'm pretty obsessed with his Instagram page because he makes me laugh so much. <laughs> he makes me laugh so much. You're you're a true fan. He's a, he's gonna be part of the new record. I heard. Is that true? Yeah, he has that uh, Jamaican vibe, <laughs> that that dub vibe. <laughs> well, that that's gonna be good. Um, <laughs> DJ um, Khaled, <laughs> that's it's gonna sound we're so good. Best. We're the best music. <laughs> I you love gotta incorporate this guy. that. You gotta incorporate that in, into into I the live sets. <laughs> yeah, you just he's a hype man. He'll get us really famous if we we play live with DJ Khaled. It's even about anyway. fame, though. It's just about being in 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 the in the room with them and being around his aura. I think that that'll just yeah. spark so much creativity. You have no clue. True. Yeah. <laughs> True. I think that alone will just will just spark so much. <laughs> no joke. Some crazy eight oh eights, man. Yeah. No, that's the, that's what you guys need. That's another just further expansion. That's the next, this no, next person. You're laughing, but we, we need to, to get that connection with the... We would love to get that connection with the more mainstream side of the thing. Uh, maybe not DJ Khaled. <laughs> All right, not DJ Khaled. Okay, we'll find, <laughs> we'll find somebody. <laughs> maybe not DJ Khaled. <laughs> but um, yeah, there's some artists we really love. Sure. Producing modern stuff. Um, I, I wanted to ask you this, by the way, speaking about, you know, uh, playing with other people, how, how did you get involved with playing with which, how did that kind of come about for you? Mm. Uh, that came about in one of those Eclair gigs where in the beginning years where we got lucky, um, our, um, there was a party in Geneva and, uh, the Moscovich dance band, Deria Yildirim, that were bands that were also in the Bongo Joe label that we are part of. And uh, Leclerc was really starting, was existing since one year. And we had to open this night for like these two bands that were a bit still more professional than us, for sure. 
and uh, it was a great, uh, great success. <laughs> like Borat says, it was a really funny night, and uh, that's where I met with Nick Nico Moscovich, who was a drummer for the Yako Garner band, and uh, then he created that band, and uh, we connected with these guys because they were making that crazy cumbia psychedelic dance music, and we were trying to get jazzy, dancey, housey, um, incorporating rhythms from all around the world. And we were also the same age. Nico is maybe one year older than me. So it was like, oh, wow, we're not in the same cities, but we are going to the same directions, going out of the rock and roll, uh, trying to, to make more groovy music or etc., making people dance. So we stayed in touch. And the moment I sent him the first EP of Leclerc, like, hey, it would be nice to have a, your opinion on it. Do you like it? Do you know maybe someone in Amsterdam who would be able to release it or stuff? Uh, he sent me his EP, and then he was like, actually, I'm playing in which? Uh, you want to join the band? And I was like, yeah. I'm going to join this band because <laughs> I've, I've knew about which from uh, YouTube, basically lazy bones, all the stuff like getting familiar to, as I said before, all this, all this work we did as getting familiar with the uh, Nigerian funk, high life, uh, garage rock from Africa, um, Afrobeat, uh, cumbia, palenque, every music you can think of. Sure. So which was there? And uh, I was like, wow, this is amazing. I need to go. And uh, that's how it started in 2017, maybe. And wow. I can't believe we made a new record like last year in Zambia, in Lusaka. Yeah. Yeah. How, how was region. that? How was that for you to, to, to be going over there and being a, being a part of that? Uh, crazy. I was able to meet also older musicians from the Zamrock era. And basically, I was able to play a Hey Joe for 15 minutes with the Zamrock Legends. Wow. That was really fun. Like, uh, 70 years old guys, like, E minor blues, like, everything you don't want to do. But because it's them, you, 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 you you're not going to say you, no. You got to do it. You, 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 you got to do it, man. <laughs> <laughs> you got to do it. And, and, and Jimi Hendrix, it's such a strong uh, figure for them. And that was really crazy. Uh, I remember it. And uh, the one thing in Zambia that also, because we recorded that thing in the first studios that they recorded, where basically they recorded Introduction and Lazy Bones, I think. And the, the guy who owned the studio back there was still there. Wow. Nothing had moved. The pedals from the 70s were there. And... Uh, that was crazy enough. Nothing was working though. It took us a lot of time to get it together. So we had time to compose the songs and arrange them. And because we started from scratches. And uh, that was insane. And the, I, I think one of the memories that I would cherish the most is um, the Amanas. Do you know that band? No, I'm, the not, I'm not familiar with them. They have the hello, Kala, my friend, that crazy song that that's really famous. familiar, yeah. Okay. No, 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 that, that was really in a lot of shows. And the main singer of Amanas, 
came in Lusaka, basically. He knew Jaggery invited him, the, the singer of the witch, like to sing in a song. And when we we played also a huge witch show, like big show in a five-star hotel in Lusaka. It was really funny. So that's where I jammed with all the Zam rockers. And we played Kala, my friend, with the singer of Amanas, who was a priest for the last 35 years. And it's the first time he ever came on stage, was last year, to sing Kala, my friend, which is that song about their kind of imaginary friends they kind of had growing up in, I don't know, like, it was something really personal for him. Right. And I think I, I almost cried. Like, I, I cried. I had tears because I was like, wow, this guy is like 70 now. It's the first time in 40 years he plays that song. That and was kind of like, part of that, that song, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And I love wow. this song for like seven years and stuff. It's Kala, my friend, is just a... Uh, one of the wow it's a song that is so easy that you don't need to talk about it and uh yeah i was like that's that's that shouldn't happen too often <laughs> so enjoy it yeah <laughs> that's crazy and also because i learned the songs he felt that i was an expert on that song but i didn't know that much i knew the chords but he was like, I love how you play. You play it really nice. And, da, da, da. and he was like, I became his point of focus because he hadn't played since 40 years. So he was with his sunglasses, with a soccer shirt, staring at me like during the whole song and singing to me kind of. But like, I was his, um, I was his uh, checkpoint. Yeah. He's he's, he's such a bass with you, and meanwhile playing. Yeah, right. And that I think made it a bit more emotional for me because I was like, "Wow, he's also relying on me <laughs> a lot." <laughs> and I was like, "Wow," and yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Kind of, kind of couldn't believe it, but uh, that was really uh, one of the best experiences of my life was being able to live through that experience where we are making a yeah a zamrock album from who wherever you're coming from the fact that five six musicians that have that have had a different life that didn't have the same privilege or anything else at the end the only way for them to truly understand themselves and being on the same line is music and that's something that i'm super happy to have lived through it uh, to to mainly understand the real power of music which is connecting cultures and um being that spaceship where actually all the problems that's why you make music to run out of problems why so um, but I understand that it's a lucky position to be in sometimes also that it's not easy. But being able to share what I know and being able to get what they know, which is way more than what I know, 
and I'm talking about Jaggery and I'm talking about Patrick, the main sing- the main guys from the band. Mm-hmm. It's a truly a changing kind of life changing, and uh, I respect these guys uh, a hell. Like uh, they've been really influential in how I I see music. That's amazing. That, that has been that has been the most yeah. No one has given me better advices, I think, and they probably don't know it, but yeah. Maybe if wow. they listen to that podcast, podcast they will know it. They're big, they're big fans of this podcast over here. So far. Yeah. seriously, yeah, very, very. Big. Actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring them in. They've been sitting in the in the waiting room for a minute. Shit, no way. <laughs> Stefan, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, sir, and I really appreciate you coming on. It's been, it's it's been a pleasure. Thanks, Jacob. But Thanks, man. Before we 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 uh, end it here i got a promo for you so leclerc's music is streaming everywhere wherever the people get their music that's where you are right they could they could find you there yeah exactly everywhere bandcamp we have bandcamp we have spotify we have instagram mm-hmm. not many album are still in the market but y'all should get confusions <laughs> Bingo. You also um, get confused. <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah, the people can stay up to dates with uh with shows and tours and all that good stuff by following you on Instagram, like you said, and that's Leclerc Mega Def, right? That's that's exactly Mega Def. As D E F, and that'll that'll be linked below for, for people who want to just get a direct mm-hmm. uh, you can copy and paste it into Instagram and um of course support directly through the Bandcamp, which is uh, leclair.bandcamp.com. That's the best place. That'll also be linked below. And um, which is streaming everywhere as well. And that's just phenomenal. Uh, the beginning. Platforms. Yeah. Uh, and you can stay up to date with them by following them on Instagram at we intend to cause havoc on Instagram and at Bandcamp, which is whichzambia.bandcamp.com. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> easy. Easy stuff. Is there anything else we got to promote before we before we uh, we wrap this thing up? Well, we're coming back actually for the end of the year in California. December. December. Super excited about it. So, yeah, headlining the Lodge Room 29th. That's December 29th Lodge Room. That's Los Angeles. Yeah. With crazy bands like uh, Pearl and the Osters and uh, Great band. Roger. Yeah, Roger, the Brazilian a singer who now lives in LA, I think. Wow. I, I don't he's know, making but that's sick. He, he, he's uh, actually TNT Brennick, the the guitarist from Lee Fields. Okay. Uh, Amy okay. Winehouse. Th- th- this man is producing the next Roger and it's sounding perfect. And we are super happy to have him on the bill. Oh, that's I think beautiful. it's the same bill in, in San Diego. Okay, that's at the Soda Only Bar. The- yeah. yeah, only DJs are changing. Like a uh, DJ in LA is Al Lover, a friend of us. We love him. Yep. I love him. And uh, San Diego is with uh, the San Diego Freakout DJs. Okay, Andrew yeah. And Mike. Cool. Yeah, that with with that um, that's a uh, I don't know, not a venue. What's what's that called? A little um, Soda event a, a event that they have yeah. down there, right? San Diego Freakout. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Cool. yeah. Awesome. And we finished in a slow brew, San Luis Obispo, New Year's Eve. Wow. Super big party. And we're going to make a lot of 
cheesy covers and crazy covers. Expect some maybe Sade, some maybe Daft Punk. That's awesome. I don't know. We, we're gonna make a fun party because yeah, it's it's uh, it's a good occasion to bring everyone down. It's a fun. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much, sir. I really appreciate you coming on.